We are New Life Community Church in Rogers Park. A community church in the city of Chicago, all over the city, for the good of the city. Right now, we are in the midst of our series, The Ten Commandments. Bum, bum, bum. A look at the original commandments and how they align with Christ's law. Wherever you're listening, I hope you are blessed by this message. Lance Armstrong is a very famous man uh, who went and won so many bicycle, what are they called? Races. 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 Good, good. Bicycle races, right? Uh, he's world champion. This guy was crazy. He was actually winning so many races and he was getting more and more popular. I watched this documentary a couple months ago. It was just mind-blowing, right? He was getting so big, so famous, and then the worst thing happened to him. He got cancer, right? He got cancer, and it wasn't just like a, a little part of his body. It had already spread to his brain, his lungs, his abdomen. It was a death sentence. Like, there was no way he could survive this. But he went, he fought it, he did chemo, he did, like, all these experimental, like, things that he could try, and it was a miracle, literally a miracle. He somehow survived. Right? Came out of this. He says it was like one of the most traumatic, horrible experiences of his life, obviously. And he comes out of this, and then it gets even crazier. He starts racing again. Right? He starts racing again. This cancer survivor on deathbed comes back, and not only does he come back, he starts winning the world championships of bicycle racing. Right? The Tour de France. He was winning it every year for seven years in a row. This guy was nuts. He was literally like the world's most amazing success story, right? Someone who had beaten cancer and now had all of the fame, the riches, right? He was just like this amazing person that would fill people with hope, especially people who had cancer, right? Like, look what Lance Armstrong can do. But there was a dark (coughs) secret to his life. A dark secret to his life. And there was it started started as some whispers, little whispers of, of people saying, Lance is cheating. Little whispers that he was using illegal drugs to boost his performance. But he denied it. He would squash that down. He would say, that's just critics, that like haters on Lance, you know, kind of thing, trying to push me down. He would, he kept like pushing it down. He would deny it. He would do interviews over it. And, and, and so for a while it worked. People supported him. But then more and more came up. And suddenly it was teammates who said, I watched him take these steroids. I watched him do blood transfusions, like mid-race, to give him some sort of boost. Like crazy, nuts of stuff. They would say, and then, so... Lance doubled down. He said, no, this is not true. He did like interviews over it, and he started suing people. He would literally destroy people's lives. He won millions of dollars from newspapers that had said that he was cheating, from his friends that he, he literally would ruin their lives, right? This went on for decades, this kind of controversy. 
Until finally, in 2013, he went on Oprah and admitted he had been cheating the whole time. The whole time. He had been lying the whole time. And it, it, it ruined him. Took away everything, right? They took away his wins, his titles, everything. Every, I mean, he's pretty much like people are like, how could this be? How could someone do this for this long, right? And he had to pay back, I think, like millions of dollars from these lawsuits, all these different things. And what does he say? Why? He said this. Everyone was doing it. That was his reason. Everyone was doing it. We'll get back to Lance in a second, but we are in the middle of our series, Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments. And this is a series that we've been doing for the last nine weeks. I guess we're on the ninth one, so you can add them up, right? One, two, three, all the way to nine. We're on nine right now, right? I was talking with a guy this last week, and he was so amazed that we were doing a Ten Commandments series here. He was saying, he was saying you know... I remember when the church would do a Ten Commandments series every year. That's what I would remember. What's up? Oh, just oh. <laughs> About to die. Thank you, Robert. <laughs> he saved uh, us from watching everything fall. Uh, so he said, we used to do a Ten Commandments series every year as the church. And I don't even know the last time I've heard of one doing one. Right? That's what this guy told me. I thought it was insightful because I think it gets at the heart of the church a little bit. Something that has happened to us as Christians as of late. Right? We're really hesitant to talk about anything in the Bible that tells us what not to do. Right? What not to do or what to do with our lives. Especially if you mention that word sin. Woo! Like, no thank you. You can go ahead and, you know, pack up your bags and walk out. Literally. Some of you might walk out. We've had that happen, actually. Some of you were here that week, you know what I'm talking about. You're like, come on, Pastor, just give me some positive thinking. Tell me something good. I'm going to go to heaven, and then let me go. Say goodbye, okay? That's what you would like from me, right? That's what we've gotten as a church. And that's where I think we've lost God's heart on these things. We think of God as the ultimate taker. Like, what is God going to take away from me? He's going to keep me from something instead of God as being the ultimate giver. Right? What is God giving to me? How is God helping me to actually live my best? We hate these Ten Commandments. You hate these Ten Commandments because they seem like rules that are holding you back. But what if they were doorways through which you could move forward in your life? What if we started to think about them that way? And that's the question I want to wrestle with today along as we look at the ninth commandment. The commandment that trapped Lance Armstrong into a lifetime of chaos, pain, disaster, which he's still working through today. It's still a horrendous mess in his life. We're going to talk about the commandment, do not lie. Do not lie. So if you've got a Bible, go ahead and look at me the book of Exodus chapter 20. You can use a printed Bible. We've got extras if you want one of your own. You can just raise your hand. We'll get you one. Um, otherwise, a phone is totally okay. And I don't even say that because I use a tablet. Uh, we also have it on the screen. We just love it when you can look yourself. We, we don't want you to think I'm making anything up. We're like, hey, let's look at what the Bible actually says. You know, then you can hate the Bible, not me, right? Uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse 16. It says this. You shall not give false testimony against your 
neighbor. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. I like the simplicity of the message translation. The message translation. Read <laughs> like I'm long. I talk about the message translation. Message says this: No lies about your neighbor. Now let's just simplify it even further. No lies. Okay, that's what the ninth commandment is. If you were to shorten it down, no lies. It's simple, straightforward, to the point. Uh, what's the ninth commandment? No lies. Man, I love it. It seems pretty straightforward. Not sure we're going to be able to go further with this, like Brennan said last week. There you go. Let's dismiss. You got to, you know, okay? Don't lie anymore. All right. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on. Like all these commandments, we like to go a little deeper. We like to find out. Wait a second. Maybe I don't have such a handle on this as I thought I did, right? Maybe I need to rethink how honest I actually am. So let's start off with a big unanswered question. Why, oh why, why, oh why is this such a big deal? Why does it say not to lie, right? Why couldn't it just say, don't tell the truth? Right? Like, is it arbitrary? Could God have just chosen one or the other? And he's like, hmm, Ten Commandments, we need nine, one more, so let's see. Just don't lie. Okay, that's that's good, right? I don't know, was it just because as kids, like, we were culturally taught, you know, always tell, tell your kids to tell the truth, don't, you know, try to tell them to stop lying? Um, is it because when you lied as a kid, your parents stuck a soap in your mouth? Was that like what happened if, if you lie, or was that swearing? I don't know, probably both, right? I mean, especially as bad as your parents only buy liquid hand soap, okay? <laughs> like, my mom, like, like, squirting it in my mouth, right? Like, yeah, it's bad. That was extra torture, okay? Thanks, Mom. Um, and you start to think about it. Why is this wrong? Why is this wrong? Was God just arbitrarily choosing no lives? Or is there something deeper, more foundational to this commandment? So let's start as I always do. You know what I'm about to pull up? Definition. definition. Yes, Corinne, you're on fire today. By looking at the definition, this is what the, de the dictionary says about what that word means, lie. A false statement made with deliberate intent to deceive. An intentional untruth. A falsehood. Something intended or serving to convey a false impression, an inaccurate or false statement, a falsehood. A lie, if you didn't get it, is something false. Okay, you know the words in there like 30 times, right? A lie is something false, something to deceive, something that misconstrues what is actually there. And this is opposed to, usually we get like, Definitions that are in opposite to truth. This is what the word truth means, which is the opposite. It means the true or actual state of a matter. Conformity with fact or reality. Here's a word you don't use. Verity. Okay. Uh, it's like the truthfulness of something. A verified or indisputable fact, proposition, principle, the state or character being true, actuality or actual existence. That's one of my favorites. This is, all, this is all from the dictionary. You can just look it online, right? On dictionary.com. Actuality or actual existence. So we have two opposites contained within these two definitions. Lie versus truth. Lie versus truth. And they seem like polar opposites, two sides of a coin. It's really like one describes what the other is not, 
Right? We can't really know lies without knowing what truth is. So, why is lies wrong? Why isn't it truth that is wrong? I think the Bible may answer this morning. So I want to just go through some verses super fast. You're going to feel like super download. You're going to lose your brain. You're not sure what's up. Uh, bye, Lena. <laughs> I told you, people pack it up. Like, uh, says this in John 14. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Just keep going, Benjamin. We're going to just go through these fast. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. So the Jews who had believed in Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you really are my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The Word became flesh. Talking about Jesus. Jesus became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. All your words are true. All your righteous laws are eternal. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served greater things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. Amen. God is not human that he should lie. Not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? One more, one more. You belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. The Bible has quite a strong distinction between where truth sits and where lies sit. You have truth over and over again describing who God is, and you have lies describing who Satan is, the devil. Right? Seems to me that, that it appears that truth aligns with who God is. And here's where our lying is wrong. Here's why this commandment is in here. Why it says not to lie. It's not because God chose randomly. Right? It's so important. We have to get to this foundation first. It's because it goes against the very nature of who God is. You follow me? Yes. Check out some of those verses. It said God is full of truth. God is the way, the truth, and the life. God can't lie. He only speaks truth. His spirit is truth. This is actually the reason for this command. It wasn't a random choice by God, but it's actually how he is. It's how he created us in his image. Remember that definition about truth? Actuality or actual existence. Actuality or actual existence. That's what truth is. That's what... That's what Existence is, that's what reality is, is truth. Follow me on this. If God is actuality and actual existence, if he is truth, what happens when we lie? What happens when we do the exact opposite of who God is? Of his very nature? I'll tell you what happens. We distort God. We distort God. That's the first thing we have to know about lying. It's far deeper than not telling the truth, right? 
Because God is truth. God only speaks truth. God created us in His image to speak only truth. Right? And when we lie, we distort who God is. Lying distorts God. Our lies do more damage than this. But this is something that we have to start with. This is what we have to start with. It's almost as if life is this high-quality HD video call. You ever know those? And the lie starts like the, the line starts like glitching up. That's what a lie does. It's like we were on a call the other day. It was a Zoom call with the elder team, and Brennan was on there, and he's just talking for like two minutes. We're like, Brennan, we can't hear you. Brennan, Brennan. He's like, like, just keeps going, going, going. We're like, hello. Like somebody kick him off the call. Like get him back on. So that's what it is like, right? When you're on that Zoom call and it's so annoying when it's all glitching, you pixelated, you can't hear, right? Or if some of you remember, we grew, I grew up way far out in the middle of nowhere, and back in the day when they had like a satellite dish. Do you remember that? Like the cable? Like, do they still do that? You like a satellite? Yeah, TV. Okay. What happens when it like snows or rains on the satellite dish, right? Well, you play this video, Benjamin. Wants to be a millionaire or something? It said celebrity mastermind. Oh, celebrity mastermind. Even better. Right? Some of you are like, I binge every episode. I know that one. Right? This, this is what life was supposed to be like. Clear, perfect image of who God is. And when we lie, we distort it. We distort it. We distort who God is. We mess up the, how people can hear him, how people see him, how we see him. Right? As a church, we're supposed to represent that reality well. Clearly. And when we lie, it takes that perfect picture and messes it up. It distorts it. It starts glitching. We start to mis misrepresent God. Whew! That's like a heavy start, right? <laughs> all right, that's uh, too much for me. Let me just now smack you with another one, all right? Next, next point I'm going to. A lot of the times, for most of us, we know and feel that lying is wrong. Right? I'm just going to like go on that. There are obviously some crazy people that just like, you know, that just blows out, right? That's a whole different issue. But for most of us, we know and feel that lying is wrong because God created us in his image to be truth bearers. And his Holy Spirit convicts us. When you feel that conscious, it's not cultural, you know, shaping. It's the fact that God himself is telling you, no, that's, that's wrong. That's not how I created you to be. When you feel that kind of like, oh, I don't know if I should do this, or was that right? Did I lie? Should I go back and tell the truth? Right? That is how most of us feel. We feel that. But why do we still do it? Like a pastor, because uh, we're messed up. Duh. Right? Like we're, we're sinners. There's the Bible right there, right? I think that's true, yes. But I think it's a lot deeper than that. It has a lot to do with 
justifying. Everyone say, justify. 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 (laughs) Justifying is whenever you or I lie, but we tell ourselves that there's a good reason for us to do so. Uh, Anyone ever done this? Yeah, all of you not raise your hands. You're lying right now, okay? (laughs) That's how it is, right? There's all kinds of different types of situations that we find ourselves in, different places where it seems like the only option is to lie. Here's some of them, and they build, okay? Omission. Leaving out relevant information. It's easier, less risky, doesn't involve inventing any stories. It's like passive deception, and less guilt is involved. And this, this is what some people call, you know, white lies, right? Right? And we may do this when we're in a job interview, right? We think, well, if I share the fact, you know, if I tell the fact that I got fired from Dunkin' for stealing donuts, Krispy Kremes isn't going to hire me, okay? <laughs> like, I'm just not going to share that right now, okay? I need this job. Right? So you carefully keep certain parts of your resume or your history blank. Right? You didn't lie, you just didn't tell them, right? When they ask. Right? Or when you're selling your phone to somebody, you don't tell them you dropped it in the toilet seven times, right? You're like, it still works, it's working, and just don't touch the side there. You might get zapped, right? Like you just share, you don't share everything. You tell them it's a phone, it works, you carefully neglect certain pieces of the story. And you justify all this in your head. Because why? You need the job. You need the money. Or this person doesn't need to know my business. Right? Or whatever the reason you're justifying is lying, it distorts God and it's lying to yourself. Second one, denial. Not just a river in Egypt. (laughs) Refusing to acknowledge a truth. The extent of denial can be quite large. They may be lying only to you just this one time, or they may be lying to themselves. Reading definitions of these. Uh, This one's really hard for us to recognize ourselves, because it has a lot with our unwillingness, a lot to do with our unwillingness to recognize the truth. Right? Think about it. It's then a lie. Right? When we're unwilling to recognize the truth. We may not want to actually recognize that we're addicted to those pills, or sex, or alcohol, or Netflix, or candy, Amen. <laughs> or Jimmy John's, I don't know, fill in the blank, whatever it is that you're addicted to, you don't want to recognize it, and you justify all this in your head because why? I'm not as bad as that person, right? Or I can stop this anytime. Those people are just overthinking it. Whatever the reason, you're justifying it and you're lying to yourself, right? It distorts God. It's a, it's a, it's a part of lying. The next one, exaggeration. Here's what we all do, right? <laughs> Representing as greater, better, more experienced, or more <laughs> successful than you actually are, right? It's like the fake it till you make it game. Everybody's like, yep, got that one down, right? And we do this in big ways or little ways. I think about it like, you know, you're like, some of the guys are like, or maybe some ladies are like, yeah, I bench pressed 180 yesterday. <laughs> yep. Even though you know it was like 140, but you're like, this will just make me look a little bit stronger, you know? 
Um, or, or, you know, that party last weekend was crazy. We had so many friends over there. Must have been 40 people there. Even though you know it was just you, your cousin, and your mom. But you're like, hey, you really make people think I'm cool, right? You know, or, or, you know, some of you students, you're like, man, I get it. I got a 4.0 GPA, right? Even though it's like 2.1. You're barely hanging on, right? And, and, and you just don't want people to know the depth. It can be small things. It can be big things, right? And a lot of them is because we think it's not a big deal. We think this won't really hurt anybody. It, 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 you know, it doesn't really matter that much. It honestly has a lot to do with what the worship team read. They read that verse on oaths, right, where Jesus says, let your yes be yes, your no be no. Don't go beyond that, right? He was saying because we will use other terms to hide the truth, right? It's almost like an exaggeration, right? And you justify all in your head. You think, you know, this is okay because maybe your identity is hurting. You want to impress. Whatever the reason is, this justifying is lying and it distorts God. Fourth type, error. Error. The person believes they are being truthful, but what they are saying is not true. All right, here we go, okay? In the age of share whatever you want on social media with no filter, this, by far, I think, is one of the biggest harms to the church right now, okay? But, Pastor, you got to watch out for them, Republicans. you got to watch out for them. It says here they just started a new snake breeding program where snakes will be smart enough to only bite people who voted for Biden. <laughs> i got to share this, share this, got to share it right now, right? Or, oh man, oh man, it says here, the progressive liberals are at it again. They've taken over a whole country, and the only way they'll give it back is everybody puts a microchip in their head. Share it, share it, bing, we got that. Or, you know what? News of the century, Jeff Bezos is a robot, right? CIA created him. He's taking over the world. I'm going to share this on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, everything, 10 social media platforms you never heard of. We're going to put it all out there. Come on. Be honest, have you ever shared something on social media, but you have no idea if it's true, right? You ever done that? Like, you really don't know. And if you're honest with yourself, you'd say, mm, this article tends to fit my biases pretty well, right? So what do you do? You justify it in your head. Even if this is not true, the idea behind it's true. This is how them, them people are like, you know? Like, this just fits, right? I know how these people work, and quote, it wouldn't surprise me if this was true, right? You justify that hopefully it will convince someone of the bigger truth. The end justifies the means. But Pastor G, how am I supposed to know if something is true? There's like so much information. Well, then maybe you shouldn't share it. Huh? Wow. <laughs> Wait, you mean I don't have to post every thought that comes to my head on social media? What? This guy's on another level, right? Statistics show, this is, this is true. If you actually just slow down, right? Just slow down and think about something, you'll be able to discern 25% more likely if something is truthful or not, okay? Just slowing down, not getting all in a rage and typing something or putting something up or sharing something, right? If you just slow down, that's the smallest thing. And if you're still not sure, don't share it. Don't share it. You know, a lot of times we decide things quickly. We're making a decision 
not based on discernment. We're making a decision based on whether something fits into our already conceived notions of how things work. Right? We're not necessarily telling the truth. We're just telling something that fits what we think is true. So, whatever the reason, you're justifying is lying. It distorts God, and it's lying to yourself. Last one. Fabrication. It's probably the one most people think of with lying. They don't want to think about those other ones. I kind of don't even care. I'm going to still share everything on Facebook. Right? Now, this one is deliberately inventing a false story. You tell someone that you're busy on that night because you just don't want to see them. You're like, no, I don't want to hang out with you. So, uh, yeah, plans. I didn't even tell you the date. Well, uh, busy. <laughs> right? You realize that. If you, <laughs> just easy, don't worry about it. Uh, you realize that if you told that police officer the truth, you would probably get the ticket. So I didn't see a sign. I had an emergency. I had to give that squirrel CPR, save the baby, whatever it is, right? Like, you, you, it doesn't matter what the reason is. Even if you're justifying making up this whole story because you have the greatest reason in the world. Whatever the reason, you're justifying is lying, it distorts God, and it's lying to yourself. Here's what you got to know. Number two, justifying a lie is still a lie. Okay? Justifying a lie is still a lie. You got that? When you lie, you distort God. But also when you lie, no matter the reason, it's still a lie. And you're lying to yourself at that point. It's still a lie no matter the cost, no matter how much you think that it's worth it. No matter how necessary the lie is, it's still a lie. Yes? Telling the truth can be painful. Yes, telling the truth may cost you. I'm not going to tell you that that's not true, right? But you're forgetting that there's a God who's able to make things happen when you never thought they could. You see, when you lie, you're putting all the pressure and control into your hands. You're saying, unless I lie, this won't happen for me. Right? Unless I lie, I can't get the job. Unless I lie, I can't fill my wallet. Right? Unless I lie, I can't get a car. Whatever it is, you justify. But what you're doing is saying, I have to control it. That's what lying is. But when you tell the truth, you're saying, I can't get this no matter what unless God gives this to me. And you start to actually trust him. You start to believe that God is actually the provider. He can actually give you what no one else could. He's the one who even opens the doors in the first place, right? Who gave you that place you're living right now? Who gave you the breath in your lungs? Who gave you a brain to even think about that and hear these words right now? I'm talking at a million miles a minute and you can understand it. It's because God has sustained you and given you everything that you have. But you think you've got to control it, right? You've got to lie in order to manipulate, to get what you want. Hmm. Maybe some of you don't have stuff because you're lying about it all the time, right? Maybe some of us, we, we don't have some because we're lying. And God's like, all right, you got it, I guess. Right? I don't need to help you. You can have that junky car. I was going to give you a brand new one, but, you know, whatever. Right? That's how we think. We put our trust and faith in our own schemes, abilities, our lives. How many times are we keeping the door closed from what God wants to do in our life if we were to just trust him, to tell the truth? There's a guy named Brother Andrew 
Amazing story. He was a, a missionary. Uh, he would uh, smuggle Bibles into communist uh, Russia, I guess, technically, at the time. Um, the USSR? Right? I don't know. Anyways, uh, in like the 70s and 80s, this dude would smuggle in like thousands of Bibles into the country that it was illegal. And he was a Norwegian or something. Anyways, I know nothing about him, apparently. Uh, <laughs> you know this story, though. Uh, <laughs> he was like driving up to a checkpoint, and he looks ahead, and he sees literally, and he has Bibles, thousands, stuffed in the car. Like, just under the seats, um, behind the, like, padding, everywhere. If they were to just, like, pick up a piece of paper, and there's, like, stacks of Bibles, right? Like, it's all hidden, but it's, like, there. And he's driving up, and he's watching as the car's in front of him. They're taking, literally, the car apart, like, dissecting it. And he's just like, oh, man, like, I am, there's no hope, right? And he felt God telling him, take the Bibles out of hiding. And he's like, no. Like, this is not God, clearly, okay? And he kept feeling it as he's driving up, he's watching, like, them pull the bumper off the car. He's like, oh, no. So he reaches behind him and starts just pulling Bibles out. He's like, God, I'm just going to trust you. He starts pulling the Bibles out, putting them on the seat, right? Just throws a bunch of Bibles on the seat. <laughs> and he drives up to the checkout point, watches as they're dissecting the car, and the guy's like, go ahead. And he just drives right through. Not so story. Not saying it'll go that way every time. <laughs> Who knows what God's going to do, though? Right. Who knows? God doesn't need your lies in order to make his plans go forward. Right. He can cover anyone's eyes. He can make things open. He can cause the doors that you were closed forever to be open just for you. God has a plan. He knows what he wants. It may not be what you think it should be. But who do you trust? Yourself or God. Last thing I want to look at with you. Look at the verse in Exodus one more time. Exodus 20, verse 16. Uh, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. The wording on this is interesting to me. Notice the, the it's like one of the few that qualifies. Then one's like, what Brennan, yours last night last time was just you shall not steal, right? That was all it was. It doesn't say you should not steal against your neighbor. This one seems to add on a little bit, right? It qualifies the lie. It's not just don't lie, it's don't lie against your neighbor. A lot of times when we, when we lie, we think it doesn't really matter because this person will never know. You know, better than this person anyway, so it's, it's going to be alright. Or this person doesn't deserve the truth. Or it won't hurt this person. Why does God qualify this commandment we don't lie against your neighbor? Because it does hurt your neighbor. It does hurt your neighbor more than you even know. Lying is sometimes more painful than physical wounds. You ever been lied to by somebody? Trusted. Close. Honestly, that will probably sit there a lot longer than if they stab you. You'll heal from that, right? Like, hopefully. Right? It's either that or you're going to keep going, right? A lie will sit with you 20 years and it'll just eat at you and hurt you. And you can't believe that they did that. They didn't tell you the truth. It breaks trust. It causes deep wounds. It pulls apart relationships. And this is what people consider so damaging about our friend Lance Armstrong. Because he was right. If you look into the, the cycling league, pretty much everybody is using like the, you know these drugs. 
You know, he was, he was not alone. Everybody was doing it. And they're like, but that's not a valid excuse. Because with Lance, he would double down on his lies and literally destroy people. He would literally destroy people. He would ruin some of his ex-teammates' lives. Take everything they owned in lawsuits. The whole time knowing he was lying. They even say it's like kind of like sociopathic. Like, how can you, knowing that, still ruin someone's life? Right? So many of us do that on a minor scale. You know, that's what he won like a, like a lawsuit against the New York Times or something, and he won like $10 million. Well, guess what? When he admitted it, the New York Times, like, you're paying all that back, right? <laughs> like, and all that plus our lawyer costs, everything, right? That's how it was. Like, that's how, that's how it is. We don't think it hurts anybody. We think I'm not as bad as that. Every lie you tell has the potential to damage another person. It doesn't matter how close or not you are with that person. Every lie has the potential to damage someone. And we can't talk about lying without recognizing this truth. When you lie, it distorts God. When you lie, it's also lying to yourself. And when you lie, you destroy people. Lying destroys people. Remember, God's, God's uh, commandments can be summed up in two things, right? Love God and... Yeah, love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Love God and love your neighbor. Jesus tells this story. You know, someone asks, well, who's my neighbor? Right? At the time, all the Jewish people hated this group of people called the Samaritans. They hated them. They thought they were the worst. They would, they would literally go around their whole city rather than go through it, even though it meant an extra two days of travel. They would rather go around it. So this guy asks, who's my neighbor? And Jesus tells this Jewish man, hey, a Samaritan was beaten up, robbed, left for dead on the road. A religious man came along, a priest, and he passed by on the other side of the road. He said, I'm not touching that Samaritan guy. Then another man, a Levite, someone who was supposed to be representing God, also comes. And he walks on the other side of the road. Right? And then, this other guy comes. This, this, this Samaritan. He comes. He sees this man lying there. And he takes care of him at his own expense. And then Jesus asks the guy, at the end he says, who was the neighbor? And the guy like hates the Samaritan so much, he won't even say the word Samaritan, right? The other guy, that guy. Right? Lying destroys people, especially our neighbors, and especially God calls us to love those very people. The very people that we hate, the very people that we dislike, that we would cross the road, that we hope we never run into. Very people we would think it's okay to lie to. God actually calls us to love those people. So how does this change the way that you look at another person today? Wherever you're sitting this morning, I want you to hear and know God's grace is the power to change you in this. That's the answer. You can't work up enough stuff or force yourself to do it. 
It's really only through Jesus working in your life that can change you. Amen. That's the miracle of the gospel. That's why it keeps going on for 2,000 years, because there's been changed lives. There's been a lot of messes. People claim God, but don't actually live it. Man, it's because they're not allowing Jesus to change their life. So we're just going to close with just some reflection this morning. I just want maybe, uh, Becky, you could just play some keys for a moment. Um, and I just want you to go ahead, you can go ahead and just close your eyes. We've been talking a lot about a lot of different stuff. And whatever it is that God is speaking to you this morning, or whatever you're feeling on your heart, I want you to sit in that for a moment and talk with God. The amazing thing is, He's right here. He's hearing you. You don't have to go back into a room or say some magic words. He actually is listening. All you have to do is talk to him. So just take a moment and reflect with him on what was just said. Is there something you need to repent of? Is there something that needs to change in your life? Do you need to change the way that you've been treating someone else or lying? Do you need to go and tell the truth to someone? Ask Jesus to give you the strength and power to do that. If you want prayer during this time, we're just going to take about two minutes and we'll take communion together. Um, feel free to come and talk. I'm just going to be right up here. You have been listening to New Life Community Church in Rogers Park. If you have been blessed by this message, please let us know. Now go and live a new life.